This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Daniel Ha. He's the CEO and co-founder of Discuss. Daniel studied computer science and engineering at UC Davis and interned at big companies before deciding to drop out of school to pursue the startup world. His company, Discuss, is the web's most ubiquitous discussion network. You've probably seen it at the bottom of your favorite blogs. They reach over 2 billion unique visitors every month and span nearly any topic or type of community imaginable. They're backed by Y Combinator, Union Square Ventures, Northbridge Venture Partners, Iris capital, as well as many great angel investors. He also writes and speaks about digital media, online publishing, consumer products, and startups. Outside of startups, he spends his time on the racetrack. Daniel, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. What kind of racetrack? We talking cars or horses or scooters or what? (laughs) Today it's cars. I'm working my way towards horses. Uh, We'll see what we get. You're pivoting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, I was looking for, I always love having people on who I use. I'm a big fan of the product already. So I, and it was funny. We were talking before, right before the show about the name. So it's, it's, it's discuss, not discus for whatever reason. That's what I thought it was, but we see it all the time at the bottom of blogs. How'd you come up with the idea and what year was it? This was God, this is 10 years ago. Um, 10 years ago, the original idea sort of came to uh, me and my co-founder when we were working on um, a bunch of different ideas. Um, The idea to do a startup came before anything else. Uh, We knew that uh, we wanted to build software on the internet. We knew that um, it was sort of a special where getting that was going um, easier and easier every day. And uh, we started playing around, uh, just building things and pushing them out there, first to friends and then to other people and seeing uh, how they reacted to that. And um, the product for Discuss was maybe one of the first five things that we did. Um, initially, the idea was around building online communities, um, sort of online forum style. And we realized that uh, a lot of the communities were coming out of blogs, uh, websites that were very narrowly defined and um, very much focused on someone's passionate interests like cars and horses. And um, you know, we built a product to uh, embed right into the website and it ostensibly sort of looked like comments. So that's where we started. And how did you know you kind of had lightning in a bottle? What were you looking at metrics wise where you said, okay, we're going to go all in on this one? You know, in retrospect, uh, we didn't have any really good metrics besides how we felt about it day to day. And um, after the first few days, it felt like, hey, we're every single day, a few more people saying, you know, I love this. Or they're saying, I hate this, but can you do this a little bit differently? But ultimately, we were making some sort of difference to one person um, every few hours, and the feedback kept rolling in, and it just felt good. And um, after a certain point, we started to measure a little bit, and it turns out that uh, a lot of people were using it. Um, that gave us enough um, confidence to actually start thinking about it as a 
uh, you know, product, not just a toy and not just a product, but then a business. Now, people that use this, because you have such a huge free user base, they might be going, wait, I don't I didn't know they make money. I thought they were just a free tool. How do you guys make money? So we make money through a bunch of different ways. And um, we stumble across probably every different way that a product like Discuss can make money. So we learned a ton. Um, we make money primarily through um, advertising because what we do is a publisher network. Um, it makes it such that we have all of this, uh, all these page views and exposure to users and discuss inherently is free to use. Our free version is ad supported. We'll run advertising against that. For the other folks who don't want the advertising, um, they can choose to pay for a, um, a premium version. It starts at $10 per month, so pretty affordable. And uh, so the rest of our business is all around um, uh, just uh, building out uh, better features that people can pay for. Do people actually do that, though? I mean, people wouldn't know that you have the ad side of the business. And if they did figure it out, maybe they'd say, OK, fine, I'll pay 10 bucks a month for it. But is it 10 bucks a month model? Is that a significant part of your business or no? So the $10 per month part is not a significant part of the business, but it kind of goes up a little bit higher. So it goes up to um, thousand plus dollars per month if you are a media company or enterprise style um, commercial business. So, so I mean, give me an example. The, that brand, they love your product. They want to use it in a non, they don't want to give you their data. They don't want to give you their customers, their, their viewers data. So they'll pay 10, 20, 30, yeah. 40 grand a month for that wall. That's right. Yeah, we call it Discuss Plus. Pay for that. There's other features that we offer as well. So Discuss sort of starts out as a common system user-free, but the other parts of the product involve um, things that we call audience engagement features, ways for people to drive new traffic, ways for them to monetize traffic, manage user-generated content on their page. So there's a number of features that we pile on on top of the core platform, and uh, those prices vary with it. And so if you had to sum up it sounds like you have a bunch of different things kind of always in the hopper. But if you looked at, you know, your revenue as a hundred percent pie, how many things, like how many, how many different products yeah. make up more than 20% of that pie? Like do you have three main things, four main things. Yeah. Okay. Um, so advertising and software are two businesses and advertising makes up 80% of our business. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's fascinating. So I just actually had Kurt on, I think Abrahamson of share this. And it mm, surprised right. me that he, his main model was exactly this, uh, another social plugin that you see across many, many websites, but it was exactly this. I think he yeah. mentioned live ramp, like he would sell into these networks like this and, uh, yeah, yeah. Same model yeah. for you. Yeah. Very similar. We work with a number of these, um, either SSPs or DMPs where they are looking can to, can you, can you spell out those acronyms just for my sure. audience? SSP, um, supply, supply side platform, DMPs, data management platforms, um, these are companies who are trying to help other brands um, have alternatives outside of Facebook. And there's a duopoly in this world. It's either Facebook or Google who has ownership and access to data and really has a big, uh, big dominance over how media works online. So these companies crop up to essentially give these marketers different options in, and allows them to get more bang for their buck. And, you know, companies like Discuss, um, you know, we, we end up aggregating a lot of uh, user um, attention or publishers as a whole. And we work with these platforms um, to extend their advertising reach or to extend their audience reach. Now, what are you at today in terms of team size? And I know you've raised capital. How much have you raised? We've raised um, less than uh, 
30 million. And this is, this has been 10 years. We haven't raised in the last, uh, Ooh, 2017, we haven't raised in about almost four years now. And uh, team is under 100 people. Uh, I'm not sure if you caught the news, but we announced an acquisition um, of the company last week. Oh, tell us about it. No, my research team did not catch that. Yeah, so Discuss was just acquired by Space York. And what Zeta does is um, essentially Daniel, uh, provide sorry, you cut marketing out right, automation. You cut out right there. Who acquired you? Uh, Zeta, it's spelled Z-E-T-A, Zeta Global, company based out of New York, about 1,200, um, 1,300 people. And um, it's a marketing automation company. They build software for um, sort of top brands to reach audiences. And they do that through software. They do, do that through um, working with advertising and data partners. And really, they bought Discuss to extend all of those things. Um, it's sort of interesting for us because it's it happened a few weeks back. And uh, it's been very much um, business as usual for Discuss. We operate very independently from... That's a good thing, the, right? It's a very good thing. Um, and ultimately, uh, our goal is to have the resources and the backing of a larger company as we kind of drive forward. But um, in many ways, our brand, our culture, our product, the things that kind of make Discuss uniquely Discuss, um, those things will remain. Now on the, just the, even though the advertising thing is about 80% of your revenue, actually let's focus there. Do you sell into like hundreds or thousands of different customers there? Or are there like five core customers that make up the majority of that for you? So we act almost purely on the supply side, which means that we run the network and we sell that to the advertisers, which is the demand side of our market. So uh, we don't focus very much on direct selling. We work programmatically with a number of different partners. So we work with maybe about 25 plus um, supply side platforms where they will sell into their own advertisers. And we will have software that takes all of that different advertising buys and places that in the right place across our entire network. As I'm traveling the world on planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, guys hear it. I'm closing loads of different deals, whether it's buying a company, closing a new account for gitlatka.com, you name it, I've got to do it. And part of my issue is signing documents while I'm on the road. So I just found this new tool. I'm using it pretty aggressively. It's called Sign Easy. So you can get started for free at gitsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. You'll see contracts that I've signed there and and boy, oh boy, are they big and they work and the app is so easy to use. Get started today at getsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. So those 25 different relationships make up 80% of your revenue. Do, if do I imagine one or two of those relationships might make up a pretty good chunk of that 80%. Does that ever worry you? I mean, or is that not a concern? You lose one customer. Oh my gosh, we have to reevaluate a bunch of stuff. Um, you kind of just at the very end of that, could you repeat it? Yeah. So you have 25 of these customers they have relationships with. I imagine maybe one or two of those customers make up a, maybe a bigger chunk of the 80% of your total revenue. Do you ever worry about kind of managing the bigger fish? And if you lose one, how do you adjust? For sure. And, um, that's sort of why we take, we took a uh, programmatic approach in the sense that we wanted to create the most robust access to our network for advertisers to buy, um, their, uh, uh, placements for users. And that means that when we have a partner dropout or we have a partner that's not performing very well, 
Um, we can fill that in very quickly with other partners in which they'll bid um, very see. across the entire platform. Because we're not directly selling to a single advertiser, every single one of those 25 to 30 partners will have access to thousands of different advertisers. And frequently, they will overlap across the other partners as well. It's perfectly for competitive. Example, yeah. For example, one of those partners would be Google. We bid across our network as well. And then can you give us a general sense of size, obviously, pre-acquisition? I mean, were you call it above or below $50 million in, in annual revenue? Are you talking about on the revenue side? Yes. So uh, Discuss has been profitable. We are in the 20 plus million dollar annual mark. Oh, that's great. Can we put a cap on that? Can we say between 20 and 40? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And to the extent you're comfortable doing this, because it's still pretty fresh, Daniel, there's obviously rational regions for an acquisition, you know, a multiple and strategy and is it a good home and all that. But there's always an emotional, there has to be an emotional angle to the art side of the deal. For you, what was the emotional aspect? Why decide to sell the company? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is that we knew that Discuss is a um, 10-year-old business and we have hit profitability um, uh, over the last year. We've hit cash flow positive um, over the last um, year as well. So over the last couple of years, we've kind of been on this mode of really getting to a um, operationally efficient business. But given the age of the company and given where we are in the market, we knew that for us to kind of make a huge step, we'd either need to raise a ton more capital or figure out, do we work with the partner to accelerate? And we knew that that meant an acquisition. So over the last few months, we've explored this um, pretty actively. We had a bunch of folks who were interested in working with us on that level, either as a full buyout or a strategic investment. And for a long time over the last, I would say, three years now, you know, we've listened to those options and considered them, but it was not always the first thing that we wanted to go do. We liked the idea of being 100% independent. But um, the, more and more, it became clear to me that it would be the way to go if we really were to ramp up our vision and get to where we wanted to be. Um, so it became a real thing um, in the last six months. And Recently, we did this deal, and that's exactly what um, that path has become, which is uh, stay independent as an operational business, but really taking the resources from a um, corporation that allows us to uh, reach a market that we couldn't have before. Are they public? And if so, was any of the deal in stock? The company's not public yet, but one of the reasons why we sold to Zeta is that they're on a path um, that we feel pretty comfortable about. Yep. Got it. So, so, so they're saying, Hey, you want to get on the boat now? Here's the, look at where we're going. Look at where we're going. Come on, Daniel, come on, pick us, pick us. And then you go, okay, I, I buy the story. Yeah. And they're waving <laughs> things in her face. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, did they build other things in the deal? Like, like earn out to retain top talent or like, how do you make sure the team stays together? Yeah. I think the number one way is to really look at the structure of the deal. And for us, number one was, is it still discuss, right? Are we still responsible for grown revenue, operating expenses, um, hiring, all those aspects that an independent company has control and visibility over? And that's been the way with um, Zeta. They don't run, um, they haven't run this type of business before, but they do things that have very tight overlap into what we do. So we work with brands and they work with data partners um, and discuss feeds into that vision, but ultimately, our world of publishers and commenters and readers, that's not really their forte. So we're, we're very much in full operations of that. And that means that we control the outcome. 
And it's a new blue ocean for them, a new product experience. Yeah, a new muscle they acquired. Interesting. Last question here before we wrap up. How do you value a company like uh, Discus? Sorry, Discuss before you sell. I mean, is it a is is it a pure SaaS play where it's a revenue you know a revenue multiple or is it EBITDA? You mentioned a lot many times that you're cash flow positive. How do you value it? Yeah, um, you cut out quite a bit there, but I but but ultimately you ask how do you value a company like Discuss? That's right, Daniel. So that's a really good question. And for a long time, we, we struggle with that even when we're raising money because you can look at Discuss in a couple of different ways. You can look at it as a consumer-facing sort of software um, company where we sold um, software to um, individuals and we sold them at um, high volumes at low cost. Um, you can look at it as a media business where it's all advertising-based or you can look at it as a, a platform technology type of business. And we've been valued across the entire spectrum at different um, chapters of the, the, the life of this company. Um, and when we went out and started having those conversations on the strategic front, really the goal for us is to be valued in the right place for where we thought we were going to grow into. One of the challenges for Discuss for the last few years is that we were being valued not just you know through um, through the acquisition market, but also through fundraising. Um, as a media business and media businesses typically they'll have, you know, one, maybe two X multiple off their top. Yeah, Daniel, that. you can say it. The media businesses get shit multiples. They get shit multiples. <laughs> They're not, uh, it's not, it's not the right quadrant you want to be. Yeah. In. It's, uh, it's one of those things where we need to, we just kept working on framing it a little bit differently, even though our, our margins were nowhere near a media business. We weren't doing the, you're you know, way higher, it, right? Yeah. Well, media business, they'll do, you know, 15%, 25% margins. Um, You're talking gross, words, right? Yeah, gross uh, gross operating margins. We're, we're in the 70 plus percent range. So More like a SaaS business. We're very much like a SaaS business, even though we're structured. However, the way that um, the way that our revenue comes in is is very much like a media business. So we had the split model. We had um, uh, we had a was split of a hybrid. So it's about kind of finding the right, um, the right buyer for that. Cause people look at it differently. They'll say, well, once you come into my company, you're going to be a media business. Or once you come on my business, it's, it's software. So they'll look at, um, that they'll apply a strategic multiple, then they'll apply some sort of emotional multiple to that and see whether or not it kind of ticks off the right things for them. Can we put, I assume it, it was it public what you sold for? Um, there was some theorizing in the press and that's more or less right. Okay, who who theory who who theorized the best and what did they say? I actually don't know. <laughs> theorized. I was actually last week, so I'll let you do the research on that. Okay, I'll have to go look it up. Um, just to just to put make sure all the information or as much as possible is on the podcast. So, yeah. I mean, is it fair to say you know the multiple was somewhere between a media exit at two x and a SaaS exit of you know five x on your top line revenue? Is that fair? Um, we, we got the multiple that we were working on for a long time. Um, we were trying to avoid the media multiple. Um, that wasn't it. Okay, good. Um, so it was higher than a two X. Absolutely. Okay, good. That's, 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 I was just trying to put a bottom on it. Um, upside, I'm sure you did great negotiation there. So good stuff, Daniel. Let's, uh, let's wrap up here with uh, the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh man, my favorite business book that I'll go back to um, is the one that I first read that really got me to uh, 
to uh, to drop out and uh, embark on startups, which is um, Jessica Livingston's book, um, uh, Founders at Work. Number two, say that one more time. The founders what? Daniel, say that one more time. The founders what? Oh, Founders at Work by uh, Jessica Livingston. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, no. Number For the first time in many years, uh, <laughs> there's no one I'm following and I'm getting that mental space back. That's good. Number three, besides your own, what is your favorite online tool? My favorite online tool right now is Slack. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Um, I've been sick for the last few days, so anywhere between four and five recently, but typically I'll get around seven. Okay, around seven. That's pretty good. And uh, situation, married, single, you have kids? Uh, girlfriend, not married. No not, kids. Not No kids that you know of. That's right. <laughs> not married, no kids. And Daniel, how old are you? I am 31 this year. 31. Okay, good stuff. And uh, just to round this out, by the way, the, the the theorizing in the press was around 90 million. We were doing research live here. My studio people are going, here's a number. So good stuff there, Daniel. Last question. Take us back 11 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, man. Um, my favorite lesson to myself is uh, the thing that your mom tells you, which is to be yourself. And over the years, as you kind of work with so many bright folks with so many different ideas and they're all doing great things, um, people have this, this, this need, this feeling to want to pretend a little bit, to um, want to position themselves a little bit differently or second guess themselves on what the right, right thing to do with their career or, or right, what the right thing to do with their business. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, 10, 11 years ago, I would have said, you know, make sure just focus on what you're good at and get help for things you're not good at and uh, go from there. There you guys have it from Daniel. Just focus on what you're good at. Get help on everything else. He founded the company back in 2007. One of my products I probably use on at least a daily basis online. Beautiful commenting. Uh, discuss again. Launched in 2007. They now have uh, less than 100 folks on their team, but they've got many different business models. They've worked on repositioning over the past, you know, three, four years to one get cash flow positive and two really position the business in a in a more favorable light to ultimately get what they wanted, which was to grow. And then they realized the best way to grow is to partner up with uh, Zeta, who they just exited to for a reported 90 million dollars. They're doing over $20 million in revenue and work really with about 25 folks on the advertising side of their business, which makes up more than 80% of the total business. Daniel, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you so much.